Did you really drag me in here to listen to another one of your podcasts? Dude, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. Want a juice box and some string cheese? <laughs> Do you really have that? Fourth wall break inside a fourth wall break. That's like 16 walls. Flawless victory. Mother? What's wrong with me? Darling, I don't have to answer to you. I'm Batman. Why'd you open your bong you hole, you smelly movie. hippie? It's clobbering time. This is the men who look bad, bad in gum. spandex? That's disgusting. Are you seriously calling skates. it that? There's only one, though. Yeah, like a s- surf skate. Do you ever see one of those, uh, um, those one, one skate things? Those uh, one ski things? They're the, the single ski. Yeah, the single ski. ski. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm aware of what you're talking about. I've never seen one in real life. I mean, I've seen them on movies when you have someone using it as the option of right? being a w- wheelchair bound and not, you know, being able to actually do that. Well, I, I'm just envisioning some sort of terrorist attack at Powderhorn right now. And luckily, Richard Dean Anderson was vacationing. <laughs> of course, in western Colorado because he loves the area. He's a mountain biker in his free time. Probably enjoys a little fishing, maybe a little rafting. Sure, no, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Hikes, right? You know, and then he's there. Bumble gum and his uh, little pack of matches. and Yeah, and on the sky deck, right? Something goes yeah. wrong, right? I mean, that's where you'd want to be. Is on top of the coming. mesa, yeah. Yeah. And he sees it because he's like on a lift. Yeah. So what does he have? Nothing but a bedpan, a can of Pepsi, and a bottle of maple syrup. What does he do? Saves the day. <laughs> I do wonder why he didn't have a pair of... Why did he on the ski in the first place then? Really? <laughs> I don't what know. Was his plan? Richard Dean Anderson loves a good, you know, a good run or two on a Saturday. Uh, yeah, I mean, straight downhill sprint, buddy. The remake... Featured the guy who played Havoc, and that was the only Im- piece of import that caught me. I was like, oh, I'm interested, because I know him from X-Men First Class. Sure. You played Havoc. And that was where my interest peaked. So I never even watched an episode or anything like that. I watched a couple episodes of the new, new season, or new that season, new series. And, I mean, it never had the same hallmark as the original series. And I don't know if that's just because... Mr. Anderson's very, uh, yeah, Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Yeah, not the same one. Uh, is very unassuming. I mean, you look at the man, you say, ah, that guy looks like he likes to go out, uh, you know, maybe have a beer after work. Especially in that day when he was wearing the mullet. Yeah. And leather jacket. Yeah. He had that look to him. That was a good one. But if he was to say, yeah, well, I just got off a plane from adventuring, I'd actually believe him saying it. Now, Granny probably wouldn't say it that way, but as a thing, I wouldn't be like, yeah, no. I don't believe you, sir. Whereas the other MacGyver shows up with his wispy blonde hair and waves it around like he just went surfing. He's like, I just got back from a adventure. And I'm like, well, you're surfing? And he's like, no. And I say, well, I have a hard time believing what you just told me, sir. Were you like, like playing jacks in the street or something? Because I could believe that. Not because. Well. It just, I mean, as, as Havoc, I could fully believe him as Havoc. Yeah, right look. I guess MacGyver fine. wouldn't need a pocket knife if he could funnel sonic energy out of his chest. No, yeah. You I know, mean, when it comes to series, he just had, I don't know, he was, uh, maybe he was too pretty to play a believable well, MacGyver. Well, I think there's a lot of those out there, man. And I just thought of how much they missed out on the opportunity to do a Walker, Texas Ranger, MacGyver crossover episode. Oh, no, man, that's true. But 
not that I'm saying people should pay me to be in charge of those things right now, but what I am saying is that there's a lot of those. Like the Magnum PI one, I didn't see a lot of Magnum PI back in the day. Uh, I didn't. I didn't really think that would do it justice. I mean, I love Jay Hernandez. Give me some Jay Hernandez. He was uh, oh, yeah. El Diablo in Suicide Squad. It's also in this one movie with Cameron Diaz. I, I'm seeming recalling right now, but some high school drama. He was a football player, but he, neither here nor there. Love me some Jay Hernandez. Sure. But can you capture the the absolute majesty of one Tom Selleck's mustache? No, not you at all. You can't. And the I, swagger. Yeah, no. And just the, the overall, just, you know, absolute, like, it was the 80s. Was it the 70s or the 80s? It was the 80s. Yeah, the bombastic nature of the, you know, decade, right? I mean, the guy shot a nun because he was like, nuns don't work on Saturday, Sundays. And then he shot this <laughs> evil terrorist disguised as a sister right. of the cloth, right? Well, there's, with Magnum P.I. Great, great moment. From the uh, original series, uh, Tom had this, has the same ability that, like, Harrison Ford has to make fun of themselves and not not in like a silly out of control way, not like, I don't know, Thor Love and Thunder way, but in a like uh if he needs to look at the camera and make the goofy smile, then or yeah, like a wink that's not really a wink. The guys can do it. They both can. I mean and actor wise, I mean, I look at Indiana Jones, like just think about when he's uh at the college and all the student ladies are walking by handing him notes. He's rolling his eyes without, you know, being mean to them. At the same time, being like, "Oh, come on!" One doesn't one of them blink, and it oh, says, yeah. "Like, date me." Well, that's during the during the whole speech. The yeah. lecture, he's baby. Giving, 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 giving them the business. I wanted to know more about Professor Indy. I yeah. would have taken one hundred and one. I mean, that that's yeah, it's understandable, right? And with that, I mean, Selleck's got a similar thing going on. Like when he's playing Magnum PI, like half the time he's he's making a joke of himself while he's doing it, and like the thing was great about that show when it was happening is how bombastic it was. You're right. When it comes to the new series, because I did watch some of that, I do like uh, Jay Hernandez's uh, Higgins. Love me some Jay Hernandez. So uh, his, uh, his, his, second, his second lead, uh, whose name I don't know. I should probably know that. But the Blonde? Yeah. I they hook up, name. right? Eventually, I think season two or three or something like oh. that. They got more than more seasons. Eventually, that does become I a thing. I feel like you're a closet Magnum P.I. watcher, Steve. Of the original series, both. Yeah, I mean, I've watched both. Okay, I have watched full seasons. No, that's some iconic television you're talking about. Yeah, some real iconic television from the uh, from the original series. I saw a lot of the original series. Of course, I mean, there was the right time frame as a kid, and you know, it was on the the right late at night to watch, and it was always awesome because half the time you got him running around town in his short shorts, (laughs) chasing the ladies in Hawaii, and you're like, man, Hawaii looks great. That looks oh, like man. the best place to Bring be. Bring back Tom ever. Selleck's quads. <laughs> Who yeah. needs the Snyderverse? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's, have, let's have Tom Selleck smuggling some salamis on screen, oh, baby. Oh my gosh, man! Well, like his his, uh, his sidekicks, Rick and TC, they're both great. Yeah, good. Well, yeah, man. That gives me some faith. I don't watch a lot of network television, mostly because I'm bitter and old. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, because, I mean, no, I agree with you. Time and place, right? You're definitely a product of the things you watch. So when you're a kid, you know, you gravitate to Magnum P.I. I still have to convince people that Dinosaurs was a television show that existed. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. I mean, I hear you there because that's another hallmark. Or even, like, them bringing back all the McDonald's commercials and all the McDonald's buddies. Oh, sure. That's another one that's kind of a strange flashback to, like, oh, wow. I mean, I... 
am I am I now a target demographic again? It feels, yeah. So like I said, you know, so I'm, I'm bitter because I was like, where where were you when I was like, you know, 21? <laughs> um, what I what I wanted all these sweet little toys. Yeah. <laughs> the McNugget boys dress up like a whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the moon guy, guy with the moon face. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Do you know his name? I can't remember his name. Oh gosh. Million dollar question. I don't remember his name. Well, welcome to the man who looked bad in spandex, by the way. Pardon our ramblings, of <laughs> course, of uh, pop culture. It's Max and Steve. It's a couple of guys that would call Hugh Jackman Wolverine to his face, hanging out, doing some podcasting. Uh, you know, pop culture, comics, all the good things. So, you know, I mean, TV is a big part of that. Right, no, 100%. Absolutely. I mean, another, like, you know, it's funny what connects Magnum P.I., not Magnum P.I., what connects Tom Selleck. We may have actually talked about this before. And, you know, I don't, I've talked Steve, to people about this a lot. Steve, you have a lot of stories, man. You have so a lot of stories. I don't know if, uh, what connects Tom Selleck and Harrison Ford is an alternate universe's version of Indiana Jones. Tom Selleck is Indiana Jones? Yes, he was actually up for the role first and Ooh. went and read for it and was going to be cast for it and then they could not get out of Magnum P.I. Ooh. Now, I don't necessarily Ooh. know if that leads to a totally different version of Indiana Jones, could but that leads Magnum, to only huh? one, one movie. Because when it comes to shows, as Magnum P.I., I fully believe that man. As a NYPD police chief captain, whatever, completely believe him, too. Yeah. yeah. As the action, he that one cyberpunk action movie with the robot spiders, his name I don't remember. I should be, yeah, that's I should remember that. I don't. Completely believe it. Uh, Quick, quickly Blade down Runner. No, that's not. That no? That's Harrison Ford. Yeah, no, I thought we were doing no, Harrison no, no. Ford. This, Bert, is, this is Tom Bert Selleck. Reynolds. Tom Selleck, yeah, interchangeable. Tom Selleck. I mean, things. in some things, yeah. I mean, Tom I mean, Selleck didn't read for Blade Runner, did he? Not that I'm aware of. No, I don't see him being an Indiana Jones. I agree with you. Well, I, I have a hard time believing that he's man, which also leads to something else I want to talk about. Jeez, that's a weird segue. That's going to be good. No, I love your segues, yeah, man. But I mean, have I felt, here, here's yeah. a similar feeling. Robert Pattinson is Batman. Right, man. No, I, I can see that. When it, the idea of him as Indiana Jones, okay, I can believe him as the dude swinging the whip. Cracking jokes, okay. But then him as the professor at school, hmm, even without the mustache, I have a hard time believing Tom Selleck is teaching a history class. There was a roguishness to Harrison Ford. You know, I think it came, of course, a lot from Han Solo. Sure. Right? I mean, that was, you can't avoid it. So, And, you know, same people. So Lucas knew what he had there. And, oh, yeah. You know. When it comes to picking up Harrison, but Harrison... With or without the glasses, you tell me he's a professor of archaeology. I look at the man and say, sure. Yep. Believable. You know, he, when his hair is a little more bushy, you tell me he's a scruffy hurt, scruffy nerf hurter. And I'm going to say, okay. Bantha Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Easy to believe. Do you do you know any you, languages? Star like, Wars like, languages? Like a, he's a rogue. I can completely, yeah. No. I 100% can believe it. Honestly, though, do you speak? Any Star Wars languages? Any Star Wars, unless you're counting Ewok, yeah. and I can't be sure what I'm saying, so yeah. I try not to, because it's one of those things like... Because you never know when you offend somebody. I mean, exactly. The, the, the line is so, I mean, blurred right now, I guess. I don't I don't know any Klingon either, so... Oh, gosh. Am I doing anybody a disservice with that? I don't feel like I am. I don't know. I, again, Lord of the Rings fans, I, I've had people speak Elvish to me at a, on a convention sure. floor. You know, I, there was some Klingon I could say, but I don't... It's been such a long time since I tried, and I it's not you don't want to appropriate hear. either. Yeah, really. it's, it's a, is it a, is it like yeah. a your mother joke or something? No, it's the same stuff I can say in German and oh yeah, not oh one yeah. Let's not do that, right? Yeah, not, right. It's not a you know, spandex is a is a family friendly podcast. No, I mean it's not that offensive. It has to do with where the where's the bathroom tomorrow? 
That's where's the I know. I'm not saying it's right to say. I'm just. <laughs> or are you like a C C minus like made Spanish student? To, you know, well, I didn't take proper Spanish ever. <laughs> so I mean, with, I was with out that taking in mind, in the parking lot, baby. <laughs> you know, uh, it's one, one of those things. Like, uh, it's not that I didn't want to. It's just a matter of I don't think I want to do. So yeah. So I said no. So no, no, sir. No, 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 sir. No bueno. No. Oh man. Yeah. Though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Silly. Look, you're right though, but the instances where that happens, I think, are so uh, uh, there's a volume of them that we can't even fathom because of you know the way Hollywood Hollywood works. And when I look up movies and stuff, and when I do like silly games on the radio and give people trivia questions, I find out so much about who read for what. Sure. In whatever role, you know, whether it's Willy Wonka being read for by. Guys like Warren Beatty and um, you know Gene Hackman. It's, sure, yeah. It, it's it's wild to like hear and listen to that, and it says, "Man, what a different interpretation of the character." It's curious too, but that's the great part about storytelling. You get to wonder how people interpret it. You know? Oh no, hundred percent. Yeah, that's what I like. I mean, there's a whole a whole bunch of Star Wars ones. I mean, Kurt Russell at one point was up for a part and read for it. And yeah, you can find the videos of that on YouTube. No, you can find They're those. Great. You can find a lot of uh, read throughs, including that. That one guy who went to Juilliard's tape it was terrible. <laughs> Brian something. I don't know if you know that guy. <laughs> the internet is a vast and very moist place, so I tend to probably be in the right places at the right time on the internet, man. Sure, no, understandable. Know? Yeah, but uh, here we are, last last show of 2023 with the men who look bad in spandex. It's Max. It's Steve. Steve is in the house. That's true. In studio, he's real. In case you were wondering. Not just AI program to sound like the beloved CBS who owns <laughs> top five comics uh, in beautiful Grand Junction, Colorado, off the corner of First and Orchard in the Hillcrest Shopping Plaza. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So, what what a year. I mean, there's been a lot of things, man. That's. Uh... Don't worry. This isn't like a year in review. This is like no, a clip no, yeah, show. Yeah. If this was a clip show, brother, we'd be getting paid a lot more, and we would be we would be <laughs> interns would take it. Yeah, yeah, somebody would be producing that for us. Who, which piece is going to make you sound the stupidest? I'm like, well, you sort of have got a lot to work with. Oh, man, there's a lot of fodder. And if anybody's out there who wants to do it completely for free, just contact me at max at gjradio.com. I think I can find a spot for you if you're willing to work for Not Room and Board. I can help you out with that, my man. But do you have one, a favorite one? I actually, I think I found my favorite thing, out of the comic world at least, of 2023, and it was recent, and I'm kind of biased because I love Batman, but Off-World, Batman Off-World, written by Jason Aaron. I mean, I love the Wolverine versus Predator stuff. Um, Oh, man. Uh, Some of the earlier part of the year was a little bit kind of, for me, stop and go a little bit, but once I hit every kind of stuff in September... Uh, October, uh, November, and December, I felt like a lot of the storytelling picked up, not only in Gunslinger, well, I'm reading, but the Batman off-world stuff, the Wolverine versus Predator, like I mentioned, the Philadelphia stuff you've given me has been fantastic. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, I'm reading Disney's Gargoyles, and obviously it took a minute to get exposition down, and yeah, granted, you're going to have a few issues that do a little backstory. Get, get your canon right, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah, but everything... Everything that I like really enjoyed, though, Batman Off-World has been my biggest, like, kind of enjoyable feast of the year. And I'm really looking forward to more because we've had two issues. Right. Well, yeah. As far as a little miniseries, like, there, there's actually a lot of people that are in that one, too, which, I don't know. I've got a Batman one, the real recent, too, though, man, which 
I mean, Batman Santa Claus, I like that book, and that's right, Santa Claus. Right. right. You know right. Batman knows Santa Claus? Yeah. He knows everybody. He of course he knows everybody. Santa Claus. I love all the jokes from all the family, and I, like Superman. Constantly being it's like, good. They're like, wait, he knows him? Yeah, right. Superman shows up, and he's like, you never told me you knew Santa Claus. And I'm like, ha, 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 that's awesome. Right. And like when Santa Claus shows up. We're talking Norse mythology, Santa Claus. Yeah. So you know, no sleeves, crossbow, riding the reindeer like Looks a horse. Looks like an American gladiator. It's fabulous. Du, 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 so good. Um, I like that thing a lot. Like that, that is, a lot yeah, lot. yeah, that really good stuff. Um, you know, don't I, I like Donna DC? It was fun. It was good. Sure. I think there's a lot of great things out of there. Um, I wish sometimes, maybe this is the crotchy old man in me, sometimes I want things to stick a little bit longer than they do, you know? Sure. Because it goes back to me for the 52 and then Rebirth. Uh, I liked 52 and then Rebirth I came along and I was like full bore, ready to go. But because I've been through those, and I think it's been so recently, man, I didn't like get into as many of the books that I was in previous uh, iterations of, of universes. Sure, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's a high and low right there of 2023 for me. And that's just DC, too. Well, no, no, understandable. I mean, as far as pieces, I mean, there's some, some books. I don't know if I call them the, I don't know. There, there's a few in there that I'm like, that's a pretty impressive high point as a story. I don't know if they're everybody's favorite canon, and depending on how you feel about Miss Marvel, like the... The death, quote unquote, of Miss Marvel, which appeared in Spider Spider Man, mm -hmm. and it was followed up with a return. The writing in that is so good, and like her sacrifice and the way that the that Peter looks at her sacrifice, and the way that it is repaid afterwards when she shows up after being returned from the dead, with no memory of the death at all because of the way that it all happened. She comes to Spider-Man, and she's like, yeah, I, I want to know what happened to me. And it's like, dang, that's crazy, kid. And Spider-Man tells her. And I'm just like, hmm, that's really, yeah, that's really, uh, it's got a different twist in the heart with that kind of thing. And I don't necessarily care about Miss Marvel. Not necessarily. She's all right. Whatever. Oh, Spider-Man has always carried the emotional torch. Oh, for sure. For Marvel, man. Yeah. He's truly us. He's truly the everyman, which is why he's so popular. That's very true. Yeah. So, I mean, I, those those two books I thought were really good. I mean, there's a plethora of things in the universe that are just like... My favorite Marvel moment was uh, The Sins of Sinister, 100 Years in the Future, of, like after the fall of X. And I think the fall of X has been probably one of the benchmarks of Marvel sure. for me this entire year. And I know some people aren't into the X books, and I understand it completely. But dismantling like the last 10, what, 15 years of storytelling and watching it all kind of unravel into a, a new fun thing, it's been exciting for me, man. Plus, plus they're doing a lot more Colossus. <laughs> ah. There's a lot, of, a lot of Colossus out there in these days. And I, I've always loved the big Rusky. You know, I, I'm not a communist, Steve, but I have a soft spot for... <laughs> For our good friend Peter, P Peter, Peter, for Rasputin. Oh, he's great. Yeah, his name is fun to say, and it's cool to see Mikhail too, kind of come back in. You know, one thing that's great about X books, the legacy of family that it really draws from, and it's always been fantastic, right? Oh, sure. With the with the gray and the summers, you know, massive storylines, and of course the House of X, Mister Xavier himself. That's, I think that's been great. I think Claremont really established that for me, and, and everybody kind of 
took their lead, hopefully, from Chris, right? There was a really grown-up part of storytelling for, I think, the X-Men when Chris Claremont t- took over. No, no fault to Kirby or Lee, right, whatsoever, no, or the way things were being told, right? Of, yeah, right, or, you know, Weinstein, uh, was it, no, I was going to say, more wise, what was the guy who wrote with that Paul guy, Aquaman? Mort Weisinger? Uh, Weisinger. Not Weinstein, no. pardon me. Uh, Weisinger, Weisinger, that's right, Weisinger, and all that stuff. You know, comics evolved, right? And it was really good to get talent that helped evolve it, right? Whether you're talking Frank Miller, of course, Dark Knight Rise was a big one, but kind sure. of going back, right? And this is why I love X, because it's really kind of, I think, indicative of what Claremont did, the fall of the House of X, right? I'm really, sure, really, yeah. really enjoying it because it is drawing on all those lines of family that I've always really enjoyed and sticking with it. Because if you're a comics fan, you always want to have more knowledge than anybody else and know where things came from and be sure. like, this is who this is and tell your friends that that is on this, like on screen. And I mean, it's, it's, it's right in the wheelhouse of my comic bookdom. Sure, yeah. Well, when it comes to the bridge of characters, it'll be interesting to see where that thing goes to because we're getting ready to have those two miniseries happen one is uh, Rise of the Power of X, and the other one I want to say is Fall of X. Mm, don't quote me on the second title. I'm pretty sure that's right, but I don't entirely remember. Uh, both miniseries, uh, both of them I think are going to start mid-January, and they're going to kind of be the tail end of this uh, Krakoan era thing they got going on. Yeah, yeah they're kind of so, putting that to bed. And, uh, you know, it's just all personal preference. That's just the beautiful thing about comics, man, because you can be into none of those universes we're talking about. You can be in the uh, the, the new universe that Robert Kirkman is making with the Transformers, the G.I. Joes, oh, sure, and, and yeah. more, the Energon universe. I saw the 86, a clip from the 86 movie the other day. Oh, what, man, yeah. What a masterpiece of storytelling. When Megatron awakens Galvatron and then pff, blows up the planet. Oh, yeah. Oh. No, that's great. That was, I was like, this is a children's movie, man. Why do you do this to me and my feelings in 86? Right. Well, and because of things that happened in that movie is why in the G.I. Joe movie, we didn't kill Duke. Because they said, they can't take two deaths. We can't kill Optimus and Duke in the same year. Kids can't take it. Wow, man. And that's why Duke coma didn't got better. That was a rough moment when Optimus died. Dude. Oh, yeah. 100%. And they put that in a children's animated movie to sell no, no. toys. Like, what, what, what? Can we get that back? I, you know, I don't know. Do you think we can? Yeah. I don't care about the toy selling part, but that was just investment. And in, I think, like, you know, saying that these kids that are now adults really do like to have well crafted stories. I don't think that it's an impossibility. I mean, it's sad that so much stuff is just driven by the toy the toy industry. It, but as a thing, even even back then it was. But the difference between like Gen One Transformers and Gen One GI Joe is that the stories were also important, not just what the next toy was going to be. And as those things went on, eventually, when you got the seasons two and seasons three, you could see the shift of what was the most important part. And I feel like a big chunk of that is because of who was driving the boats at the time. And once Estelle started happening, that became the only part that they were worried about. I hear your heart crying, Steve. I, I, was, I, I hear it. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of G.I. Joes I bought as a kid because I'm like, who's Scoop? He's a new guy that might be a traitor. Oh, I just saw him on the shelf at Walmart. I got to have Scoop. And did I say it that way? I don't know. Probably yeah, I was a kid. Man. Who knows? 
But, and they were great figures, and even today I still love those figures. I do. We, whether Scoop's a dirty turncoat or not. It hey, doesn't change. By the end of it, he was okay. But it was like, oh, this week's episode has this character, and then not even a week later, there was that character in the store. You know how many so PSAs? It was beautiful right? when it Remember? came to the planning of marketing. And but you, you as it got farther, it got worse. The PSAs, too? Oh, sure. Like the, the, the real nature, like G.I. Joe as the real American hero. Mm-hmm. And we, not that we trust brands these days, maybe a little bit less, because, like I said, the Internet's a big, moist place, and it can make you a very cynical being. Sure. You know, the world can make you a cynical being. But, I mean, and everybody, and that's why nostalgia is what it is, and we always hearken back to simpler times, because we didn't really understand as much as we do now back right. then. Yeah. But, I mean... There's there's integrity there, you know. You see GI Joe do these PSAs, and I tell you not to like leave a stove on or don't play in the water when there is a lifeguard or so on and so forth. Uh, I don't I don't know. Not that the soul is missing from Paw Patrol or whatever else people are watching, man. But there is something there I think that isn't these days. Sure. I mean, when it comes to the uh, the balancing of real versus not real. I mean, why the PSAs existed at all, I, I don't know where that concept came from in that show, but as a thing, how, how do you not handle a grease fire? Don't put water on. You know why I know that? Hmm. I'm going to tell you because of barbecue in the kitchen, barbecue being a guy that was in the G.I. Joe cartoon. Why do you not jump your dirt bike over power lines? I'm going to tell you because Robach told me not to, and he's right. He's totally down. As an adult, you I can't, say, of course you don't, you fool. You can't. You can't pay for this type of entertainment, no, Steve. You can't man. pay for this type of stuff. No, no this is gem. You just, <laughs> we are mining gems right here, my friend. You know, it's this funny. With that, with that new batch of, shit, of books. Yeah. Um, so the G.I. Joe line, they have at uh, Trans... Or, so they've got the Transformers and the G.I. Joe both moved over to uh, Robert Kirkman's imprints uh, over at Image, so Skybound. And uh, Transformers is happening actually next week. Duke number one comes out, and then I think the following, well, within the following two weeks, Cobra Commander comes out, number one of it comes out. Both those are miniseries, and those books are going to function together, connected. The G.I. Joe Real American Hero line, at least right now, doesn't. And the thing that's cool about that line, just to harken back to the old stuff, because apparently that's what we fell into, Real American Hero started in the Marvel imprint, and it ran 150 issues at Marvel. Then the contract left Marvel, and part of that is, I don't know, it's during the time when they were filing for Chapter 11 again, and at the time, the toy line had died out in the in the marketplace. So as far as the series stopping, it was, it was just changing hands. Eventually landed at Image for a little while as branding, but not as that series. Then it went to companies called, called Devil's Do. And Devil's Do, if you like G.I. Joe stuff and you've, like, only dabbled in the comic books. If you can find Devil's Do's World War Three, it is fantastic. It's so good. Then Devil's Do had some issues with the company, and uh, the contract again went went up and wound up over at IDW. Now IDW restarted. Well, that's not the right terminology. They picked back up the Real American Hero line at 151. And ran it forward. They also had the series for 150 issues. So at issue 300, 
Real American Hero ended at IDW. Now over at Image, we've started a Real American Hero again at 301. So the first Image comic of that time of titling is number 301. And the thing about it is that Larry Hama, who is the guy when it comes to G.I. Joe, has been mixed into writing all those books. And it is one long-running story. Does that mean you need to go back to the Marvel ones to be able to understand what's happening? No. No, you don't. It's Army Procedural with fun stuff. But if you did have all of them, it is all one giant story. Drug through all three of those companies. Moved forward with the same dude working on it. The same guy who wrote, and for those of you who are aware, they're listening. G.I. Joe action figures, when you buy them back in the old days, even some of the modern ones did it would have a file card on the back. It was something your mom was supposed to cut out so you could put it in your file card index. People are like, what are file cards? I'm like, they're the things that keep information on that you store in a box. You used to use it for phone numbers and addresses. And for secret <laughs> dossiers. Because they're like, that's not on my phone. I'm like, you're right. It's it's not. I'm, I'm sorry. It's it's not. Maybe like a note in your phone. There needs of. to be an app for this podcast, I tell you what. Man, that's true. That's great. Show pictures of any of that nonsense. Oh, baby. But the file cards all had a little write-up about the, the character. So if it was Duke Hauser, it'd tell you, oh, Duke Hauser's, his name is Hauser. Because <laughs> Duke is what they always call him in the show. And Anyway, that part didn't matter. It'd tell you his grade in the military, which most of them were E-4s, which is kind of weird. So um, they weren't officers? Not all of them, no. There's a whole handful of them that are e- E-4s. I don't know my military procedure. No, um, when it comes to uh, what that means in the real life, I mean, I kind of know what that means, but I don't really know what that means. Uh, I apologize to all my friends in the military in the great nation of the United States oh, 100%. of America. It's not, it's not for lack of, of importance. It's for just lack of knowledge about it. I mean, I know Sergeant Slaughter is a sergeant because it's part of his freaking name. And because he was a wrestler. Yep. And because I have autographs. I know how to do the Cobra Clutch because of Sergeant Slaughter. No, exactly. I've got a couple of action figures autographed. I know how great the Iron Sheik is because of Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, when it comes to playing a character, the Iron Sheik did his, did his job. Speaking of, hey, you want, to, you want to talk wrestling. If anytime you want to switch gears and hit professional wrestling, we could probably make this a podcast about professional wrestling. <laughs> I do enjoy it a little bit, yeah, yeah. my friend. Maybe a little bit too much as far no, as really... Never caring that if it wasn't, you know, real or fake. Like, you know, I didn't oh, even yeah. learn what kayfabe was until, you know, a greater long time than I started watching. And I was like, oh, it makes sense. And that was really the only revelatory experience I had with it because it was like, oh, cool. But, you know, reading comics and loving all that stuff, like, it's just like, oh, yeah. It's only part of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. it's totally part of the same thing. 100%. Yeah. But yeah, all those file cards, the stories that are the write ups of the characters are all written by the same dude. It's like that, Hama. That's dedication. Yeah, 100%. And kudos to the companies for keeping that going because they could have made the easier decision, right, to just say, we got oh, for number sure. one. We're yeah, starting yeah. new. Here's we're starting the new fresh. number one. We don't want to We're going to tell our origin mm-hmm. story. But I, it's cool, though, because G.I. Joe has kind of done that. There's a lot of places, a lot, a lot, a lot of things in that world that hasn't. And it kind of, as I was thinking about what we're talking about, it like kind of reminds me of why there's so many remakes these days, because they're trying to recapture, you know, what we all felt. And, um, you know, give it up, make something new, right? Yeah. Shout out to Zack Snyder for making something new, Rebel Moon, right there. Eh, I'll, give, I'll give one thing to Zack. You know, he knows how to make something look really, really cool. That's true. <laughs> and he knows how to make it really, really cool in really, really slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bouncing man nipples. I think Zack Snyder likes that a little bit too much. But you uh, you and I just got done watching Aquaman. 
True. That was that was pretty good. That was that was a nice little last hurrah. I think of the... it's entertaining. It was entertaining. It I was. think it's because Momoa's entertaining. He's mm. his goofy energy is a, a little contagious. That's true. Patrick Wilson even kind of caught on. You know, it definitely seemed like by the the two of them were playing off each other more than I expected. And I don't know if that's just because Momoa is fun in life because he seems he seems fun. He that's, does. That's that goofy energy. I yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So like. With that part, it's like you're having fun with him, so it makes me think that... Yeah, he'd be a guy who's always down to clown no matter what you have in mind. That's like, true. he'll yeah. take you on a three-day bender, and the, but he'll also <laughs> go to, like, you know, the library with you if you'd like, if you got to check out a certain book. You know, he seems like a guy you'd go to for pickup line advice or, sure. you know, if you needed to get, like, a sober ride home, like, Jason Moe would come and get you if he oh, wasn't, yeah. you know, there drinking with you. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the that's real tricky part about that. Right. You see, yeah, <laughs> it, it's just the aura, what, which I think parlays into his success. Oh, sure. I mean, when it comes to uh, roles and whatnot, I mean, his popularity and his rise to popularity, I mean, even back when he was on Stargate Atlantis, like, those shows were you know, I, there's a reason that series managed to keep going after the OG stopped. Did it last as long as it should have? I don't know. I mean, we did some transitions and we got some other shows out of it. But whenever that show was happening, he was a pretty big part of that cast. And it was before anybody, like, I mean, he had done Baywatch. But he had to wear the beard in Baywatch because in Baywatch he had to be a pretty shaved surfer boy. So, like, when it comes to pieces, like, there's things that he did in that show and now granted, he is he is a fair amount larger in the muscle area. Not that he was small in that show, because he wasn't. But even in that show, he was really good, and he seemed to be like having fun when he was doing things. So when it comes to personality in the world, I think his personality is a little bit larger than whatever characters he's playing. Baywatch, huh? Was oh, yeah. he uh, was he just like a one shot? Oh gosh, was he man. like a recurring guest? I feel like he was on a few different episodes, but I can't. I wasn't like a regular cast member because I can picture the picture the way he looks in my head. But I couldn't tell you. I didn't watch a lot of Baywatch. There I were didn't. that was a pretty big uh, maneuver that a lot of the early '90s shows pulled: get a celebrity cameo, or at least have a rotation of kind of day players that went in and out. Because they did do story arcs. Sure, they would do like four or five part episodes. I mean, Bay- Baywatch was episodic in that nature. There wasn't really just a bunch of one shots where a bunch of lifeguards in tight red stuff would laugh at the end of the day because they learned something, you know, about sharks when they saved somebody's life from them. Well, depending which series you're watching, it had spinoff series too. Like there's Baywatch Nights, and it was more. It was more like police procedural, which seems weird for lifeguards. Beach procedural. Beach procedural. They were were they cops? I, you know, was no, David Hasselhoff? No, not really. Did, what? But they were yeah, running no. around at night at doing stuff that was like cop like, and when he comes to the, I don't know, he, being deputized. They would versus dr- being they like do like drug a, busts. That's yeah, true. Yeah, they would totally like drug exactly bust people on ATVs. In, right. How does it hold up in court? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'd like to make a... My defendant was arrested by a lifeguard. Right, exactly. <laughs> Man, I... Yes. Uh, well, I mean, think about the Rocks movie real recently. Like, the, the Baywatch movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why are they... They're out on a boat surveilling other boats, and then they go in there to make the big bust in a shootout? Hang on. Who did it? And, like, in the movie, it's funny because other people in the movie are like, you guys do know what you're not really cops. That goes on through the entire movie because they're not. But that's part of what makes it hilarious. Zach Afron was still small. It was before his uh, Iron Claw days. Oh. And, you know, 
That, well, anybody looks small next to the rock, Steve. Well, I mean, on, that man. also didn't help, really. Come but, on, man. You know. So Efron was like one of the best shape of his career for that movie. Well, no, no, I'm not, no, not but saying he, he wasn't. I, you know, it's just the rock, nah, the nature right. of that's the true. rock. That's, that's true. <laughs> man mountain. Size, size next to each other would be. Yeah. It, it is daunting. It, yeah, it is yeah. daunting. I mean... Ah, poor Zac Efron. But I think he came out on top of that one. I did like the movie. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't. Just kind of a quick offshoot into it. It was really, really cheeky. And sure, yeah. I thought it was funny. And they kind of captured that idea. That was a whole. I thought that was the whole idea, right? I think, yeah, it's just I think goofy and dumb. Point. I mean, the end of it, the, catch, the credit catches David Hasselhoff mm-hmm. and The Rock sitting on the beach. like They're the same person. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And it's just fine that it exists like that. Yeah. Mm. Baywatch, you ever get a comic? Oh, man. You know, I don't know. Oh, man. That's, that's good a trivia. good question. It's a very good trivia. My brain sees it, says it could have had, but it, I don't remember it ever being a it thing. It was popular. Uh, it was. It was very popular. But then again, they never read Seinfeld or Friends into a comic either. No, but that's a different different kind of thing. Uh, there was action. There was action in Baywatch. Laugh, yeah, exactly. When it comes to laugh track shows or whatever... When it comes to delivering a punchline, it's not quite the same thing. It's one thing with Deadpool when the shenanigans are obviously what's happening. It's another thing when it's a dry, like thing like Seinfeld. It's all a matter of presentation of the uh, have you delivery. Thought, have you put lines. thought into this? Not till just now. Okay, I was like, say, I was like, yeah, that's an no. incredible dissertation of why those things don't work as comic but books. It, that's the truth. It's not <laughs> the delivery. Delivery of. I mean, do we want to see Kramer like you know immortalized in the pen so, and the paper? Slide and the into the scene slide. and be like, yeah, where's your milk? Yeah, I yes, but only because I can deliver the line as if I think I'm Kramer myself, regardless of his antics when he's doing stage acting or stage comedy. You know, whatever he got in trouble for. Um, the rest of it, because okay. I know how he would present mm. it from the show, right. then sure, you can read it in with the effects. It's just like. Uh, when the voice lives in your head when you're reading Scooby-Doo. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, Seinfeld and Larry David were kind of in charge of that whole show. I feel like those guys would not like to discuss comics whatsoever. I feel like as soon as you'd bring that up, they would dismiss you from the room and say not to come back. Maybe. You know? And they would pull something like that because they are Larry David and, and Jerry Seinfeld. Well, um, I mean, if you were talking about the actual stories, it might be different, but the idea of converting them into a story. I mean, Jerry, there is Soup- Superman does appear in every episode of Seinfeld. He does? 100%. Just some I know your, your face tells me. Strange rumor. I didn't no, watch a lot of Seinfeld, obviously. So uh, in Seinfeld, this is, in the this kitchen, is great. in Jerry's apartment that appears in every episode, there is a magnet of Superman on his refrigerator. Oh. The two episodes we don't see the full kitchen, because we don't, there is a bookcase in Jerry's living room, and on the bookcase there is a... Superman, what? like cookie jar looking thing. So Seinfeld's a fan of Superman. Yes, there's actually a batch of I was completely card wrong. Commercials. No, he's a fan of that. The idea of turning him into a comic book and trying to make jokes for him in comic books. I have a feeling you're entirely right. Oh, he'd say, "Oh, who are you, Mister Writer Man?" Jason Aaron <laughs> says, "I like to write comic books." I'm Jason Aaron. He's like, "Ha, you can't write my dialogue. See you later, buddy." 
<laughs> so Thank like you that, for bringing that Jason Aaron into that, a, and not me. That was nice. Complete thing. Although I have fantasized about being a comic book writer. Thank you. I mean, I'm not. If you were the one in the conversation, I'm I have a lot of hallucinations the during the day, and one of them, one of them is that <laughs> daydreams. Yeah, yeah. So hallucinations might be Which the wrong supposedly word. Supposedly, viewing other universes. So hey, hey, Coop yeah, Coop yeah right, right. Coop if you think about it, you break it down, man. Reading books, reading comic books, even is like looking at dead plants and hallucinating stories, right? I mean, kind of. Yeah. So I mean, it's a terrible way of looking at it. I mean, it's just all the terminology you use. I understand. Right, right. Right. right? I mean, but I can definitely reassure you that me and Steve are not on drugs no, it's not while not. we are doing this podcast. No, not at all. Thanks for coming by. It's the Men Look Bad in Spandex. I never, ever thought I would see some shows be made in. Like, um, uh, I kind of reverse thought, like, you know, Archie then spawned the strange and wonderful, you know, Riverdale type of thing. Sure. Kind of in a retrofitting of the idea we're talking about. Uh, you know, I'm thinking, too, now that we're talking TV, movies, all that good stuff like we do here, pop culture a little bit creeps into the comic book talk. Um, do you have a favorite of 2023 as far as screen? Movies, oh, TV shows? Oh, gosh. I think Blue Beetle was mine, if that helps. Now, Blue Beetle was really good. It really was. Um, it's also it's also entertaining. Uh, which, I mean, it's got to be why the kid's moving forward in the universe, so... We'll see how that wraps around, whether his movie is actually part of that universe or whether it's just him. But I, I like that they're keeping him. Oh, man. I don't, you know, when it comes to, like, favorites for the year, gosh, I don't know. Sizu was really good, but it's not for everyone. Um, what was that, sir? Sizu. Sizu. Um, yeah, it's about the uh, – it's World War II, and we have a, uh, a man who is a gold prospector – uh, that also served in the military and is was very good at killing things, um, and then you know retired because killing got to be too easy, and he uh, is out in on a piece of land that he owns and you know farming for gold because that's what you do. He comes across a deposit and then uh, decides to take it into town to, uh, of course, turn it in for money, and in the process of him going there, we are at the end of World War II, and he comes across a band of Germans. Trekking from city to city, you know, destroying everything they can in their way, in their wake, and uh, they don't like so much the old man just being there, and that turns into a battle. It is glorious, um, but where, it is not for everyone. Where is this available? Sizu. Ah, gosh, man, at this point, it's probably on Netflix. So this was based on a comic book? No, no, no. Oh, this is just your this, favorite. This is just a movie. Oh. Um, a comic book movie, that's a different kind of thing. No, I, I was implying that. Okay. But I'm, no, thank you for your recommendation. Simon, I am now yeah. going to watch Sizu. You should. Yeah. You really should. That sounds uh, fun. Full, full of destruction and bombs and grenades. It's great. Did you see um, Laserhawk, the whole universe based off Ubisoft's intellectual oh, no. property? What? Yeah. Rayman makes an appearance. I believe they're setting up the assassin from Assassin's What's his name? From Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Oh, uh. Yeah, they have people from Far Cry. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was kind of cool. It was, you know, just um, a glut of, you know, shiny names. Yeah, yeah. You know, Sam Fisher makes an appearance from Ghost Protocol. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it it is cool. Ubisoft hasn't really dabbled much in the animated world, so that was cool. It's called Captain Laserhawk. Sorry to interrupt, man. No, no, you're good. We were talking Netflix and stuff we liked, because I didn't realize that was really a thing either until I saw it pop up one day and things yeah, I might be interested in. Yeah, because you just now and never yeah. heard of it. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. No, it was, it's cool. If you've ever done Rayman or anything like that, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, superhero movies or, or shows, oh, man, I mean, I, gosh. 
favorite one from the from this particular year. Uh, and I know it was a bit of a down year, Steve. Well, there's 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 different things about each of the different things that happened that had elements that were that were good and useful. Werewolf by I mean, if you're going with the big boy MCU, I thought Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night's fantastic. Might have been one of the most sneaky good things of the year. It was a uh, it was a re-release because when they re-released it, they released it in color this year. But last year was the first time it showed as black and white, and it is glorious. Like it is very very good. I mean, if you're saying this year, I mean, I would say Loki season two. Like, I was pretty happy with the way the Loki plays out, regardless of, you know, what's happened with Mr. Majors. The, uh, oh, yeah. Everything I completely else forgot about that until right fantastic. now. I was, like, number one on my uh, topic board going oh, into the last episode of the year because I knew how big it was going to be. But we just yeah. got so nostalgic, and it was so beautiful, Oh, no, man. no, yeah. It's, it's good. My heart's a butterfly right now. It's bursting out of its cocoon, flying <laughs> to pollinate somewhere. And we'll get back to Majors, but... Yeah, Loki was good, and I thought it was more utilitarian because of what was going on with Mr. Majors right now, so that took away some of my enjoyment. I was, like, wondering what they were doing, and maybe it was my bad not separating, like, the sure. things that are going on on the ground level, the things that build these shows, versus the actual show itself, right? Um, uh, but it, it was good. It did end. It did end very well. No, it did, I thought it, it ended did. really, really well. I, I don't necessarily know. I feel like that guy, the more li- more likely the truth of the matter is, I think that was all done before. Now, is it possible there's a couple lines of dialogue at the end that, that were put in there simply to be like, well, I guess if this is a cast-off, then okay. Maybe. But the way everybody behaves in the show and like the amount of like care put into the way certain characters behave, their time travel stays by its own rules and doesn't break reality, which is a real big thing for me. Marvel, everyone drives me nuts with that. Make your own rules, it's fine, just play by them. We, we get Short Round in there, and in his office, when he's when he's not the uh, the scientist doctor, well, not doctor, I guess, engin- engineer, uh, when he's the uh, guy who's writing the novels, his other universe. Selling him, his, trying sell, to buy trying his to sell own his sci-fi, books. sci-fi books. Um, in his office there, there is a New York baseball cap in one of the scenes that's sitting off the side hanging on the chair, which is a complete nod to short round, which is awesome. I think that's super cool. And like the casting of him, I think is fantastic. Well, yeah, I mean, he's been a really good feel good story. The last few years with, oh, uh, sure. did you see uh, everything everywhere all at once? Yes. I can never say the name, right? Thank you. Yeah. That movie is amazing. No, it's great. Yeah. It's I, that is a true, I think if you are, upset or feeling saturated, bogged down by the idea of all the remakes and the reboots, I think that's something you should watch. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I would recommend that to somebody if they're like, I haven't seen something original. You know, and sometimes you do have to look for that stuff because the big tent poles are going to be what they are. But yeah, you're right. You can't really beat Loki since we're talking tent poles. But there there was a lot of other wonderful stuff out there that came from the comic book world, man. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's not there's not so much there's I mean that was just one of the one of the one of the best ones I feel like really. I mean Aquaman really wasn't bad. Neither was uh, Blue Beetle. The Marvels wasn't that bad. No, it's it's not. It's it's just one of those that it's full of characters that depending who you are, they aren't your they aren't your characters. They're not, you know, what you're what you're drawn to as a thing. And that's going to be a problem for a while until they manage to hit some other characters that are more well-known pop culturally. But they took 
so many that people just know because you just know them. I mean, you don't, if you, even if you're not a comic book person at all, you were aware who Spider-Man or Superman or Captain America or Batman are. Yes. And when it comes to the, the checklist over there, does it mean you know everything about Iron Man? No, but are you aware of who Iron, the Iron Man's a thing? Yes. Are you aware that Thor's a thing? Also, yes. How about the Hulk? Uh, also, yes. After that, everybody else is, falls a little more along the wayside. I mean, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, Vision, uh, probably not. Black Widow, maybe even probably not. But as far as a thing, you already took the other four and ran forward with them. And they're like the biggest options that exist. The only thing bigger would be Spider-Man. And since then, we've gotten Spider-Man. So, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, you're, what you're saying is really reflective of kind of the nature, the tone of the year for, like, in general, the idea of comic book movies. I think it's the way populist views them. Yeah, comic movie fatigue's a real thing. And, like, we're all looking and seeing how it's going to be. But... 2023 was a big year of change for a lot of it as they really have no more afterglow from the Infinity Saga and they now are trying to justify their existence. And, it, and it's interesting as they kind of scramble, and I say scramble in the most, I, I think, the benevolent, mm-hmm. most way benevolently possible because with the Jonathan Major thing and, you know, other stuff like with Ezra Miller and... These things that make us sour on the idea of the movies as as a whole because we're like, I can't justify this because, you know, it seems like I'm justifying whatever behavior they got into just by watching it. Um, so that, that whole transitive period that those types of movies are and that whole genre in movies uh, going to be, it's, it's a really big change. Uh, physically, of course, by what we'll see in 2024, We'll see the Superman movie from Gunn and Saffron. We'll see Peacemaker season two. We will keep seeing more of these things kind of creep in, you know. Um, Are we going to see Marvel's plan moved up? And, you know, Marvel's plan's pretty well documented, and I know. Like, you know, you're aware of it, right? You know that there's Kang the Conqueror, or at least there's another idea for five more years of Avengers movies, right? Well, they they definitely have that line as their plan. And at this point, I mean, there is some backpedaling a little bit, and there's been talk of a switch to Doom. And I, in, in all honesty, even if they do that, and then we have had a casting in the Fantastic Four. Not to go back to people I feel like are miscast, but that's kind of where I'm at now, I guess. Um, God, not even my purpose. Hey, it's okay. It's, it's, we just, you know, we become our, our get-off-our-lawn neighbors, you right. know, man? Just because yeah. you don't like Jamie Bell as a rocky... Cosmic ray and manipulated guy <laughs> doesn't mean you're a bad person, Steve. I want to remind you that. I think we've talked about that before, but we're all here. All the spandex lovers mm-hmm. out there, sure. the men, the women, yeah, the people, yeah. the things that love the men who look bad in spandex, they're all here for you, man. I know. And you're, it's not a hate for Jamie Bell. No, no, no. No, it's just an idea that, yeah, yeah you, you sometimes you're miscast. Some, yeah, no. Sometimes yeah. You, you truly are. Um, I mean, it happens a lot. Like, nobody knew who Hugh Jackman was. No, that's true. And he killed it. That's true. Right? And with that in mind, I mean, when we get to Reed Richards from the Fantastic Four, Pedro Pascal may just kill it. I mean, everything else that man has done has been fantastic. But I can believe him as everything else. When it comes to Reed Richards, I have a hard time believing these Reed Richards. They got to really figure out a good doom, though, because they're going to need somebody Brolin esque. Oh, yeah. I mean,. I liked Majors. I thought he was, he was good. 
Uh, they did him a disservice by convoluting his storyline, but like you know, you talked about the three hundred of them. You know, you, know, right. you don't have to show all three hundred. No, and if they would have done that differently or handled that differently, yeah. I mean, even if you were going to go back now at this point and recreate your digital ending for the Ant Man, where you had the Arena Kings, and in there you had a bunch of different faces, being different people, being Kang, would be not fix the problem, but. I mean, it's an easier you know, opt-out. It's an easier, yeah, cop-out. Because well, like, oh, but remember, we had a bunch of different yeah. people. Well, I mean, they've, I mean, they've added stuff before, after the fact. I mean... Look, I'm not saying Marvel's painted themselves in the corner with Jonathan Majors no. and Kang, period. But... I mean... It's a slippery slope. It, it definitely is. It is, because now they... They are running the risk of making the last couple of years of integral storytelling um, moot. Right. You know, and that's a big waste of money for a lot of people who sign checks. I mean, it is. I I mean, I can still see an easy way to lead the idea of the kid from Iron Man 3 turning out to actually be king. Have you sent that script treatment to anybody, by the way? No, I need to get on that. Yeah? How many pages? Because traditionally in screenwriting, kids, here's a quick lesson. One page is one minute. True. I, you know, I think probably what I really would send over is a treatment. That way I didn't burn no. so many So you pages. wouldn't have to worry about writing the whole thing. But where's the dialogue, yeah, Steve? All I really need to do is ask. I mean, I can make dialogue all day. <laughs> Does it all make sense? I'm going to say 75%. No, it, no, actually, it doesn't. It can't be expositional because I don't want make, expositional dialogue. No, I wouldn't be preaching, you know, as far as a thing. Unless it was necessary to teach you a lesson. <laughs> And even then, it would be fun and mixed with other nonsense. <laughs> All right, G.I. Joe, PSA. All right, barbecue coming right. here to stop a grease fire. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Those kids didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> you don't pour water on right, you idiots. <laughs> That's exactly what was about to happen. Oh, man. Oh, Thank God, God for the real American Speaking hero. Speaking of grease fire, have you seen the, uh, God, in the animation? I feel like it's terrible, but for some weird reason, I don't hate it. There's a Batman Christmas special with Damien and Batman. On Prime. Yes. There's a grease fire scenario in there. It's great. Oh wow! Yeah, it's a weird. It has to do. With I a, only saw has some, to do with a kiddie pool. Trailers. It's, yeah, well, it has to do with some a kiddie pool and oil and fire, of course. But yeah, it's uh, I don't I don't know if I like it or hate it, but I definitely it sits in my head. So, I guess that's a win. <laughs> Because, you know... Hey, Prime's working on it. They're obviously a little late to the game and the streaming service. You know, they're covered. They sell everything else that man makes. So, you don't... Right. They don't have to do everything. No. Right? It'd be like if Disney made your coffee cup or if right. Disney, like, folded your sheets in the morning. No, we're, go- we're good, Mike. We're good, <laughs> Mr. Eisner. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like Prime. Uh, shout out to my D&D people out there. Prime's got one of my favorite animated series on there. It's called Vox Machina. Yeah. Based off Critical Role, what they do. So if you guys are role players and you haven't seen that, definitely check that out. The strike kind of affected them pretty hard because, you know, the people who do that type of thing, animation and voice and whatnot, they do have to, they're not affected by those rules or those union ideas. They have a different union, right? The, the voiceover and animation people, yeah. those people have different unions, but they dabble in so many things and they're on screen in so many ways that they have to kind of show solidarity. You know, it's if you remember when Drew Barrymore was it Drew Barrymore that got in trouble for talking or promoing something when the strike was going on. I don't know if it was Drew Barrymore. It was, maybe it's a daytime talk show person, but she was going to start it up again despite it not having or some 
silly trade magazine, you know, headline. Right. Yeah, but she got in trouble because, you know, she did not, of course, appear to be holding the line. Right. You know, when you strike, you, you know, cross the line, because that picket line is where you draw said line. And right, right. I'm, I'm throwing a lot of dumb metaphors around here. No, you're good. I've never really strike, striked, st- struck. <laughs> I've never struck. I've never really <laughs> done that. So I don't know how the situation works out. But now that it's over, right? I do expect um, a bit less of a desolate year. And desolate, I guess. You know what I'm mostly upset about? That they huh. took me Doom, Dune 2 away from me? Oh, yeah. Wow. And they moved it to March? Yeah. That was that was a bit a bit of a thing, but... Yeah, it'll be a good time know. for it. be in the spring. I'll give them a few yeah. more months to get things ironed sure, out. Sure, sure. Yeah. It'll be good. I mean... Yeah. We'll see what the landscape looks like. I mean, the only real big Marvel thing that's supposed to happen is going to be Deadpool. And Deadpool and Echo are the two things at this point for next year, so... I guess we'll see what that looks like yeah that i think that's how everybody is steve i think you sound like the the common consumer now of that type of material it's like we'll see what happens right yeah my man and we'll see what happens next year too brother it's been uh it's been a hell of a run with you for 2023 man right yeah it's 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 not over no no i mean close but not yeah yeah Yeah. you know i mean do you give your entire family comic book themed gifts oh man uh do you cherry pick the store and like send people oh, stuff? Oh no no not nothing like that. Although this year, I mean, you pay yourself. You know, this obviously, year more people got. You don't have a drawer that comes up short just because you like give somebody no, a statue. No, 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 no I'm not that. saying that, no, man. No. You have business sense. You you you're like <laughs> Eric from not, you know Billy Madison, <laughs> business ethics, the ethics of business. Sure. Yeah yeah yeah. I mean, I'm not the smartest businessman, but that side of things doesn't really go. <laughs> the smartest man doesn't alive. Go, doesn't go that direction, really. Yeah, no, do you? I the, mean, you, you know, do you? I do. It's not always superhero-themed, but I do do a lot of pop culture things. And my, my brother and his uh, fiance are very into D&D stuff, so they get some D&D stuff. Um, my, uh, or his, uh, his, uh, I can't was not father-in-law yet, but eventually will be. I tend to get him T-shirts that are themed either Beetlejuice or Die Hard or Scrooge. Ooh, quick quick question. Yes. Street cred question. Die Hard, Christmas movie. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Not only because it happens at Christmas, because there's Christmas themes throughout it, and that's a big part of it, but it's all about bringing but the family back together. There are Christmas themes throughout a lot of different movies. Sure. Those are also Christmas movies. Guys. Okay, all right. All right. I mean, so die- if something happens during Christmas, so is Die Hard 2 a Christmas movie? I mean, it's not actually at Christmas. It's in the winter, but it is close. Um, so it'd be close enough that I could frame it in the same reference simply because of who's in it. Once we get to the three... It is does, Home Alone a Christmas even, movie? Are you kidding? That, that has to be the first two? Yes. The first two. After that, I couldn't vouch for any of them because I didn't really watch three with the other kid. Mm-mm. I was like, ah, there's a different kid playing the part. Mm-mm. Yeah, I'm not good. I don't need another. Oof. Whatever. Do you think the lady from... Okay, so question. Do you think the woman in the park, the bird woman from Home Alone 2 is actually a teacher from Hogwarts? Whoa. The only thing I remember in was remember her in was this movie called Masterminds with Patrick Stewart and Vincent Carthizer. 
she was the principal. That's like the, that, that'll show you how deep my memory goes, how strange it is. Well, I wouldn't say that she was an actress in it by any means because I don't think she actually appears in the movie at all. But she could have but secretly thing, been. She's leaving in Central Park with birds in the middle of winter. You know what I always thought? I thought somebody gave her like the 12 days of Christmas gifts because when you give somebody the 12 days of Christmas, you know what you give them? Hmm. 184 birds. Oh, wow. It's a lot of birds. That's a lot of birds. Maybe she just got the wrong Christmas gift. Christmas. Instead that of like, you know, instead Eddie of like Murphy's, house, house money. About that. You know, instead of like house money. Yeah. She got birds. That's, uh, that's an interesting idea. She was Christmas. also uh, Mike Myers' mom in How I Married an Axe. So I Married an Axe Murderer. That same also actress. Also another underrated movie. Oh, yeah, right? Man. Scottish martial arts. Heck yeah. <laughs> I never knew that existed. Well, Can't say it on the podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. Huh, but yeah. I can tell you it exists, apparently. <laughs> Haggis is also real, if you've never tried that. That's true. Well, my man, yeah. It's been fun, brother, to have you in, uh, you know, doing the thing. Whatnot. Yeah, Look to another year. I think it's season four. We're coming up on season. This is the end Heck of season yeah. three, season four. It's next year. So we have, of course, a bunch of wonderful things planned for you that we really haven't planned yet. It's a work in progress. Yeah, man. Just, just know there's a big idea board somewhere, and on that idea board are things that resemble ideas. <laughs> it's like Jeff Johns' uh, future <laughs> board in The Flash when he had Red Lanterns written on there and... All these things that eventually came to pass. I don't know, man. I, I could definitely, I, I'd use some of those as a creator myself. I do use some of those, you know, tactics, like some of the great filmmakers will tell you, you know, get yourself a storyboard, work from the end and, you know, figure it out from there. Sure. I'll do that sometimes, but, you know, other times I just would rather read the comic books or watch the shows rather than create them. Sure. And then talk yeah. about them later on a podcast, of course. This is what makes it fun. Right? Our dream of starring in a Hall & Oates music video died a long time ago, Steve. So uh, here we are, talking pop culture and comics. Until I get the AI program to work. Once I get that AI at Hall & Oates going on, <laughs> you, people, yeah? you people just hold on, because... I'm not saying they're going to make any sense at all, but it's going to be me, Max, I, and Hall and all doing Oates. all kinds of Daryl, Daryl Hall, kind of, and John I, Oates. You know, I'd be into the whole idea of doing a uh, weekend at Bernie's. Oh, but uh, you know, got to pick the right oh, song. Oh man, that. I could see it. Me and you starring in the remake of Weekend at Bernie's. You're obviously yeah. you're obviously Jonathan Silverman. I'm obviously sure. Andrew McCarthy. Yeah, is that right? Is that right? No, no, expert, right? yeah, okay. no. Who's yeah. our Lomax? Well, it's got well, if, if the AI program's working, oh, it's hollow notes. It's hollow notes. Yeah. Mm. If the AI program is not Ooh. working, well, at that point, I mean, it's an open casting at this point. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have a person in particular that would be an exact match mm. that you know. As far as people, I think I have a friend who can grow a mustache. Yeah. So. I mean, that would be a necessary thing for the consideration. I just want to reenact the bank scene and see if we can pull that off. <laughs> oh man, uh, with the different technology in the world now. It would be a very different kind of, pretty different kind of movie. Well, I think AI is really bad at hands and oh, mouths. I know yeah, that'll get a lot better, obviously, but for right now, they have this over exaggerated idea of the way humans laugh and also bare their teeth. It's almost like a macabre sense of these large chimpanzee-like mandibles that we have that clack constantly, so we have the need to open our mouths as wide <laughs> as we can. So they're not clacking and scaring people. Yeah, no, no. I mean, this is me. If I were to describe AI art, and if you if you've seen it, you 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 know. If you look at the hands, if you look at the jowls, if you look at things that are detailed 
in that real kind of sense of the details tell us what they are, you know, because we kind of know what jowls are and what yeah. somebody with like, you know, larger or smaller ones look like, more angular, more round face. And AI is not really good at that. Oh, that's true. I've seen plenty of pictures with extra fingers and extra other things. Teeth. You mostly, yeah, mostly. Lots I mean, of it's teeth. kind of fun. I mean, we'll look like, maybe digital historians thousands of years from now will look back and say, "What?" <laughs> It'll be like us looking at a you know a cubism thing from Pablo Picasso, although Pablo only lived like was alive less than seventy years ago. So. Right. Right, or if you look at maybe the great Renaissance paintings that we did, maybe even you know surrealism or possibly you know impressionistic stuff that we all look back sure. and say, "Look at this technique, man!" Right? I don't know if the same cycles of nostalgia will affect the future generations. Though I don't know if they're going to keep remaking Knight Rider into three the year three thousand. You know, because let it him has die. Nah, well, I mean, Let him die. Yeah. I could see Superman, Michael Batman, Knight? carry. Oh. I could see Superman and Batman carrying on, morphing into all of these things. Sure. Becoming what they are, right? Right. I mean, it would be kind of cool to look into the, you know, the future and see what things would look like, right? Your favorite kind of things. An underrated and never really told part of those time travel stories. Right? What does everything look like? The only time we ever get a good section of that is when Marty McFly almost correctly predicts the Cubs winning the World Series. Almost. <laughs> right. He yeah. was like 14 years shy, I, I was believe. Surprising that, yeah, no, was a, the idea that was even a thing at all is pretty wild. I think now looking at that, it's like I do enjoy the absolute leap that those filmmakers and storytellers took for how oh, yeah. massive the technology would advance. Well, I have hoverboards. I mean, we do. Those aren't hoverboards, Steve. Those have wheels. <laughs> and the guy who invented the Segway died on a Segway. So let's always remember yeah, that's that. sad. Yeah. No, that's not sad. That's ironic. I guess so. Right? Like that song by Alanis Morissette. Yeah. It's about rain and your wedding day. Yeah. You know, I love Canadian music as much as you do, but that's not a hoverboard, man. That's man. not a hoverboard. <laughs> that is that's a thing on wheels that is con controlled by your center of gravity. I mean, you know, you're right. You're right. No matter how much Goku cloud you have around it, it's not really a cloud. It's not a Nimbus, although I will give you your Goku design cloud. is awesome. Yes, Goku cloud. I, very impressive. Speaking of another IP you know. that they haven't made a good live action of, although the animes that they've kind of made in live action, they did Yu Yu... Yu Yu Hakusho? Yu Yu Hakusho. Hakusho, mm -hmm. they did One Piece. Yeah. I didn't watch any of the live action stuff because I'm only, I feel bad about it, like telling this out loud. I'm only in like episode 11 of One Piece and there's like, I think a thousand or so episodes. Oh, maybe. Something like that. Anime is a whole different world. Man. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of manga too. There's a yep. lot of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now you can get some a top five comics if you can. He's got some for you. He's got a Joker <laughs> manga I was slipping through that looked really cool, man. Oh, they lead they read right to left, man, and it's fantastic. It, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got him at a whole shelf full. It even <laughs> it even spins. Um, yeah. But if you need you know late Christmas gifts, New Year ideas, top five comics, be sure you hit the guy up. He is right off of First and Orchard Hillcrest Plaza at Top Five Comics CBS. Be sure you follow him on Instagram, Facebook as well. Uh, I'm Max at X Ryan, uh, Magic 93.1. You can check out that. Uh, 9 through and magic.com. Get it. Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You got it all right there, my man. What's coming up in the new year? Oh, man. 
Uh, well, as far as like series, what, well, let me rephrase things. the question. See, what are you most excited about? Oh gosh. Well, the first issue's already come out of uh, Spider Gwen Smash, and the rest of that's going to come out during the next year, and I, I like that. We are going to get another, well, a, a new Spider Gwen series called uh, Spider Gwen Ghost Spider. It's being written by Stephanie Phillips, who has uh, written a handful of uh, Harley Quinn books. Um, good writer. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed her Harley Quinn stuff, uh, but she's getting a series with uh, Spider Gwen trapped in the proper. 616 universe and uh, supposedly trapped here so we'll see uh like what that actually means or how that goes but because phillips is writing it and she's 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 proven to be a decent writer um i think that'll be fun i cannot remember who the artist is going to be but i remember looking it up and being like oh that looks cool okay so i'm i think that'll be really neat i think that's cool we're getting more barbaric and i that book is just fantastic. Gosh, your favorite, favorite book in the world? Man, Barbaric is so good. What is it about Keanu that everything he does, uh, just he's yeah, got this Midas is, touch, man. He's, uh, he's done very, I think very it's because he's a good human being. I think people like that and want to work with him. That's oh, my sure. guess. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to pieces, it, we'll, I guess we'll see if that turns, if Berserker turns into a uh, TV show or a uh, animation, which I mean, both things are. Oh, you said Barbaric, than, didn't you? Uh, yes. Okay, my bad. I thought you said You're Berserker. Good, yeah, no, but Barbaric both, is good. Both things are great. <laughs> You've got a collected version, I think, of the first run. You, if you haven't read it, pick that up, man. That, that is highly entertaining No, no, stuff. they're both good, yeah. Well, both are good. I mean... Sorry, my bad. No, you're good. Well, they have very similar titles. There's so many... Yeah, there's... And they have, of, you know, similar you know, subject matter There's well. definitely things that are similar between the two of them. Uh, but yeah, Berserker, Barbaric, both fantastic books. Different style books. Yes. Uh, Berserker... I would say more uh, action savoir faire, I guess. That's not the right way to say that. Was that French? I, yes. Uh, whereas Barbaric... You also get a C- minus in French like you did in Spanish? Why? Well, I, I didn't take any classes. Right. So, Would so, you take German? It's also... <laughs> <laughs> Klingon? <laughs> oh, callback! Uh, callback! I mean... I'm there, kidding, there, Steve. There's a tiny bit I don't remember there. my high school years either much. It's a big blur. <laughs> remember clouds of smoke and bad decisions. Oh, man. And I would be like, what? You can't smoke in here, Mom. <laughs> uh, that's funny. But, yeah, as far as series of things happening, I mean, I think the next run of Ber- Ber- Berserker will be good, too. Barbaric's getting ready to have its one, two, three, fourth volume material start up. And it's and Michael Maurice, he's great. Nathan Gooden's great. So, I, I mean, I dig that a lot. Um, as far as flavors of things i'm super stoked for both those i mean the one's from vault the other one's from boom boom does berserker vault does barbaric um and they, yeah they're both definitely worth worth reading we're gonna get the tmnt last ronin volume two and a video which, game uh, well yeah the, the game is going to be centered around the first series the series two is dealing with the aftermath of the first series and you have to have read the lost years to put I, it I together. I think a lot of that'll make sense better if you if you did. I don't necessarily feel like you have to. As long as you read the first series, there's enough of a catch at the end without spoiling the entire end. The catch at the end, you would know enough to be okay. Lost years in the middle does make it easier. Yep, like it totally does. But where they pick up from what we've been told. If you just start in the second series of things, you should have enough to be okay. 
and it should be really interesting because it's a brand new generation of things. So, well, I mean, I think that'll be really cool. Anytime the gaming and, and comic culture, I think, collide, I, I think that's just good for both. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Spider-Man video game, I don't know if you played it. It, uh, it was, I think it was the game of the year, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Man. Yeah, I'll get I'm not big into the gaming world. I'd love to be more. I just need more time. That's a whole different podcast. But, man... It looks good. It plays good. The Miles Morales stuff is fun. The Peter Parker stuff is fun. And, you know, they care about the story, too, which is why I think video games have grown in such leaps and bounds because right. they have so much invested. And, and people who play them get a lot out of that. I mean, we oh, started sure. this podcast yeah, yeah. with, like, people who, like, you know, when we were kids, how much we enjoyed that. Right. And I think it's happening in the video game world. And it's cool to see. I don't know, for sure. I don't know. When it comes to the mixed match of things, I'd say that all that is progress strongly i mean just look at the batman arkham games like it, when it so comes good. to storylines so and good everything else i mean the graphics of course and all that stuff continues to move forward just because of technology the legacy of mutant ninja turtle games though is a good one <laughs> i don't know if you ever played the original nes game one of the hardest the ever side scroller? the side scroll did you ever play the water level bro oh yeah where we turn the screen forward yeah yeah it's ridiculous dude I, I, did, I will tell you, I did love the four-player in the arcade. When there was oh, an arcade God, when player. that came out, too. And then the, mm -hmm. the port to the Super Nintendo. Wasn't bad. Oh, and then the Turtles in Time. Oh, yeah, right. so. <laughs> yes, sir, that, that's going to be a lot of fun, man. Any Anything else before we let you go, get the hell out of here? You know, you got stuff going on for your holidays, for yeah, your new year, all that good, good stuff. Man. Uh, no, I, no, I don't. It. I mean, as far as the future in comic books, there's lots of things coming up. So there it'll be sure really is. Interesting to see what what shakes out. And as far as the movie industry and the Hollywood industry, the way it is now, it'll be interesting to see what these things look like. And I don't know. It's still fun because there's lots of it happening. I, so I mean, that's cool. Do you think the big two will have any reboots, reignites? I, I can see a crossover event or two, maybe even a mega crossover event or two. Do you think, though, either DC or Marvel does that in 2024? I feel mm -hmm. like it's leaning towards no. I think if we get anything, we might get another moniker as a branding, but it won't be like a, won't be like a crossover or like a, a restart, anything like that. Um, I can see another like branding, kind of like when they did uh, Donna DC Universe. It was is a branding. It wasn't like a unplug replug like it was back during New 52. So. I imagine we'll get a new tagline brand probably, I don't know, somewhere around summer just because it's it's the right time for it. But uh, I don't think we'll see another uh, restart of the universe by any means. Highly, un highly unlikely. So no crisis book? Not not in that way. I mean, we are getting this batch of uh, Ultimate Universe books, but it's a different Ultimate Universe. So, like, that's weird, but I don't necessarily feel like that's going to replace anything. And even though the miniseries is, I mean, they all look neat. The uh, first one, the Spider-Man one, is going to be written by, uh, oh gosh, Jonathan Hickman and uh, being drawn by Marco Cicchetto. So the book's going to be beautiful. Oof. And it'll be written really well. Oof. But I don't see that being a uh, return to another universe entirely. I mean, they're doing that one, a Black Panther one, and a, and a, a uh, X-Men one. And of the group, I do not remember who's writing the other two books. I just don't remember. But as a thing, I mean, I don't think that's going to put it into one universe and start another universe by any means. I don't think DC is going to unplug the boat again like they did. So I would say with you, unlikely. Okay. 
I mean, there might be something cooking in the books, and obviously, sales has something to do with these types of well, things. Well, 100%, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, people who get paid a lot more money than either of us get to make those decisions, right, my they man? They don't deserve to. Tell them, Steve. Tell them, Steve did. No, I'm just kidding. If you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. Just collect your paycheck and shut up. Oh, uh, that should be a bumper sticker. It should. Yeah, that's it. that should be on the wall on a poster in their office a lot more <laughs> too, right? Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, you know, actually, now that I think of it, Steve, that could be on the post on a wall on a poster in a lot of places, and that's, it would benefit many, many people. You are not kidding. <laughs> My gosh. Uh, oh boy! Before we uh, offend any mother, anybody else, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, brother. Well, thank you, Hell man. of a 2023. I look forward to Heck another yeah. very great 2024. I, I don't see why right. not. I, I look forward to Batman Offworld. I look forward to, you know, um, Gunslinger. I feel like Gunslinger's running out, man. But, uh, you know, all that good stuff from Image, the whole reboot there, the King Spawn, all that good stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're man. supposed to be getting five other Spawn books. So yeah, we'll man. see what that means, really. Right. Image, we could do a whole podcast on the oh, yeah. rise and fall and rise and fall again of Image. Oh my gosh, yeah, right? there's, there's so many things in there that oh, poke fun at. A lot of good fun. Awesome. Maybe, maybe we will, man. Sure. You know, next year, big possibilities. Maybe we'll get better <laughs> at this, right? Anyway, brother, have a wonderful Christmas. Have a hell of a New Year, sir. You too, sir. And you too out there. Thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us throughout the entire year. It's been our pleasure to give you the Man Who Look Bad and uh, Spandex podcast. We'll be back uh, in 2024. Make it so.